Church is so good to be in the house of the Lord with you this morning. And it is just an honor and a privilege uh, this morning to be introducing our uh, guest this morning, who really is not a guest. Uh, I'll say it that way. Uh, and definitely not a stranger. Uh, for those of you that don't know, Jordan Ogden uh, is going to be preaching the word this morning. Uh, and if you don't know who Jordan is, yeah, 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 come on, let's give it up. Yeah, much love. There we go. If you don't know who Jordan is, Jordan uh, is the former lead pastor of Antioch Dallas, and then uh, Antioch Dallas sent him and his family, his family, just beautiful family, uh, he'll, he'll introduce them here in a minute, uh, but uh, we sent them out to, Anti uh, to plant Antioch Ann Arbor in Michigan, uh, and then uh, the Lord has since uh, brought them back to Waco, and so I'll let him uh, kind of go into that if he's going to go into it, but at the end of the day, we're, it's just a, such an honor and a privilege to have you here, Jordan. Uh, to speak what the Lord has placed in your heart, and I've been looking forward to it if no one else has. So how about that? Uh, so let me pray for you, and then I'll let you get started. So Lord, I, we just pray for Jordan. Uh, we thank you for your goodness on his life and on his family. And so Lord, I just pray that this uh, bread that you have given him, that he would uh, take it, Lord, break it, and that he would uh, share it with us this morning, that it would not be him speaking, but it would be your spirit. Anoint him for such a time as this. In Jesus' name, amen. Jordan. Amen. Well, such a thank you. Such a privilege to be with you this morning. Uh, I'll just give you a disclaimer. I often will find myself on the edge of the stage. It is all good. If I come off the stage, I know my way uh, back on there, so don't, you don't need to worry uh, about me this morning. I want to thank my different uh, brother-in-laws this morning for giving me uh, shirts and different places to stay. Uh, my brother-in-law on the front uh, stage, we, we may uh, switch shirts uh, this morning. If we do that, that will be uh, all good. Jason, thank you uh, for being there for me uh, at, at, uh, at all times. Times. I want you to think about this this morning. Where were you 20 years ago? Just rewind. 20. I want you to go back 20 years ago. Where were you 20 years ago? Let me tell you where I was. 20 years ago, almost to this date, I was single and I moved to Dallas, no job, was trying to get engaged. And um, I walked into a church downtown Dallas. And it was very much like this. I was greeted, I was loved, and I was, I don't know what the verb would be, but I was encouraged for sure when I stepped into the worship experience. And that was 20 years ago. That was the church that Antioch planted um, in downtown Dallas. It was called a different name. It was Antioch Dallas, and it changed my life. And so I just want to start by saying uh, it's been 20 years since I first walked into an environment like this. And as I was worshiping this morning, I was like, it was sweet then and it's sweeter now. It, it's sweeter now because there has been fruitfulness uh, in terms of different ones lives. I don't know most of you as I look around the room, but I want to say with sincerity in my heart, I'm grateful for you. I love you. I have felt so loved by this church, not just these past eight years when we've been in Michigan, but for these past 20 years. And so I, I, and I also want that to be a challenge and an invitation to everyone this morning. COVID has been a strange time for local churches in Dallas and Ann Arbor around the world. Well, what, I would, what I'm hoping this morning as we talk about not throwing away our confidence, I am hoping that we come back to, as the people of God, a place of giving and receiving love. 
to one another, from one another. That has certainly been my experience. That doesn't mean that's without challenge. But when I think about it, last 20 years, I think I've been loved. <laughs> I've been given the opportunity to love other people. I have been served. I've been able to serve other people. And man, I am so grateful to God for those experiences. So I just wanna say thank you uh, to Antioch Dallas for who you are uh, and the way that you have loved and served God uh, and uh, one another. Let me introduce uh, my family here. So after that singleness time, when I moved here 20 years ago, uh, things have changed a little bit. So before we moved, which was 2013, uh, that was my, uh, that was us right there. So some of you, you're in that stage. And that stage, call it what you want to. I call it, yikes. Um, I look back at those precious little ones and I'm just grateful. <laughs> um, uh, so we, if we can go to the next slide. This is, if you're, if you're wondering, if you've ever been to Michigan, that's what Michigan looks like. Uh, it is sun, uh, 24-7, 360. <laughs> think I'm joking. It's, it is like, a, it's, it's a life at the beach. Um, that's, a, that's a joke. That is in Florida. Um, but that is, that's our, that's our family. So we've had an additional child since moving. Our kids are now 14 uh, down to, um, I don't know, seven and a half or something like that. And they are here this morning. And as a family, uh, I just want to say on behalf of them, we're grateful you'll hear from my wife in the midst of this. And as uh, we often uh, say when we teach together, I kind of plan out the little deal and I go from A to B to C. Uh, and then she comes in with the fire. That will be what changes your life. So look forward uh, to her uh, coming. Christy, I also want to put that burden on you this morning. What I'm gonna do is I'm gonna read just a, a few scriptures. I wanna tell you why I'm an expert in the area of not throwing away your confidence and why you should listen to me, because I've done it so often in my life. I then want to have Christy come and show you a chart, and then we're gonna talk about three ways that we have seen both on the Dallas side, but particularly in our last eight years, people throw away their confidence in God. So those three areas are going to be identity, calling, and assignment. So let me just get a little interaction going this morning as I get into the text. I want you to turn to your neighbor and with boldness or a lack of boldness, say, I think that my calling or my assignment might be this. So for example, if I did this, let me go first. I would turn to my wife or my child and I would say, I think my calling is to stabilize people and to release them. And my assignment in this last season has been to serve churches in Southeast Michigan, and I find myself in a season right now not knowing what my assignment is. That's true. So go ahead and turn to your neighbor, and I'm gonna explain this, and I don't actually expect anyone to be able to do this with clarity in their heart. I wanna bind us together and knowing, ah, I kinda don't know. So go ahead and say something to your neighbor. My calling might be this, my assignment right now might be this. Go ahead and do it, it'll be very uncomfortable. Okay, very good. We'd love for you to continue that if you're watching online. We'd love for you to do this as well. It leads to usually some very hearty dialogue like we're still experiencing in the room. I used to be a teacher, so that's kind of one of my tactics. All right, 
Very good, way to go guys. Let's jump into our texts now. We're going to be in the book of Hebrews and I'm just gonna read a few, make some comments as we go along. Again, then we're gonna tell some testimonies uh, on the backside. So Hebrews 2, if you can pull that up. Verse 17 says this. On the front end, some of you follow Jesus, some of you don't follow Jesus. Just wanna say on behalf of uh, this church, we're so glad you're here wherever you are in that journey. Some of you have exposure to the word of God. Some, for some of you, it's newer. When I was here 20 years ago, I was definitely a newbie to the things of God. Uh, and just want you to know, if that's where you are this morning, you're so welcome here. Therefore, he, speaking of Jesus, had to be made like his brothers in every respect so that he might become, this is very good news, a merciful and faithful high priest. If you're wondering this morning who God is, he is full of mercy and he is the most faithful person that you will meet. In the service of God to make, now caution, this is a church word, so let me say it, and let's not get freaked out by a church word, propitiation, there it is, we said it. Your version might say atonement. We're talking about forgiveness of sins that you didn't purchase but someone else did. His name is Jesus. He made propitiation for the sins of the people. So pause. Our topic this morning and our title is don't throw away your confidence. One reason that people throw away their confidence in God is because of sin. The good news this morning is that Jesus has taken our sin on the cross. Therefore... Therefore, we do not have to throw away our confidence, but the whole book of Hebrews tells us we can draw near to God based not on what we have done, but based on who Jesus is and what he has done in uh, providing uh, a sacrifice for sins. So let's pause. If you're here this morning and you, and you are burdened by sin, believer in Jesus or not believer in Jesus. This is fantastic news. And what, what I would encourage you to do is at the end of our time, and when the band comes back up, we have a time to pray for one another. My encouragement could be the best thing you've done uh, this year or ever, would be to just say, I don't know what to do about this problem, this burden of sin. I'm gonna give you a list of weaknesses in just a moment, we're gonna read another text, and you may identify with one of those, and it may be a lifelong struggle. I wanna say this morning, that's all right. That is so okay, because if all of us would just be honest with one another, when we go through this list, all of us have at least one of those things on there, and that binds us together. We wanna be the body, we wanna love and serve one another in those places of weakness and need. Let's go to the next text, Hebrews chapter four. Got several verses uh, to, to read here. Since then, we have this great high priest who has passed through the heavens, intense. If Jesus has passed through the heavens, where did he go? He is seated at the right hand of the Father. So when we see something about a son, there is implicitly something about a father. There is a good father that is in the heavens. <laughs> Guys, this is life-changing. There is a father, there is a son. And if Jesus' son has ascended, then the father is sent the spirit. There is a father, there is a son, and there is a Holy Spirit. They are for us, they're not against us. It's three in one. It's really hard to explain uh, what we call the Godhead. But instead of trying to explain it, we behold a mystery. We worship God the Father. We worship God the Son. We worship God the Holy Spirit. So when we read this, you may have read this text before, read it again with fresh eyes. Jesus, he has passed through the heavens. He is the Son of God. He is the unique Son. If you are a man or a woman this morning and you are in Christ Jesus, you are actually called a son or a daughter of God. 
You are not the unique son of God. Jesus is a unique, beloved son of God, but because of who he is, we have received this love of the Father. Jesus received these words from heaven. You are my beloved son. In you, I am well pleased. If you are in Christ Jesus, you could hear that this morning. Not an audible voice, or maybe, let it be, an audible voice. But if you would get that on the inside, you would move like me from insecurity to confident in God. Because bad things may happen. Disappointments may happen. Uncertainty. Right now, my wife and I, we're in the midst of uncertainty. What is going to happen? I don't know, but I have confidence in God. Oops. Confidence in God because I'm a child of God, because I am loved by God. Therefore, I'm okay. So if you're not this morning, be at peace. Be okay. Not because you're so great. I am sure you are fantastic. But based on the greatness of who Jesus is. Guys, I'm getting very encouraged this morning. Okay. Let's hold fast to our confession. We do not have a high priest who is unable. I mean, this is amazing. Who Jesus is, the greatness of who he is. He shouldn't do this if I was him. Here's what it says. He is able to sympathize with our weaknesses. Isn't that amazing? This great God who has passed through the heavens, we reject and abandon him, and then he sympathizes with our weaknesses. There is no one like him. God, make us more like you. But he, one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. No one else has done that. I have caved to temptation. Oh, man, I hate that that's my testimony. Time and time again, caved to temptation. Jesus, the unique beloved son, never. Yet he was tempted just like you and I. You're like, what? That is true. Tempted in every way. Tempted to throw away his confidence. Resisted. Tempted by the stuff that you would be embarrassed to admit this morning. He was tempted in those ways. He said no. Wow. So he has purchased something by his sinless life. Let us then. Woo. Where's my confidence coming from? Him. Let us then with confidence based on who Jesus is draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Reason number two people throw away their confidence is because of weakness. Reason number three that people throw away their confidence is because in their time of need, rather than going to God, they run away from God and we throw away our confidence. So sin, weakness, and need, we don't need to do that. I've done that throughout my life. It's okay. The good news is we don't have to do that. Can we pull up the list of uh, common struggles? This is based on empirical data. So if you are um, more bent towards uh, science, you're bent more uh, towards, uh, you're a researcher, you want to say, give me data, here it is. This is based on empirical data from both people that follow Jesus and don't, from people that attend churches and people who don't. So this is universal, these are common or universal struggles. Now you might look at this list and be like, no, not me. You know, I, I have, buddy, I have graduated from that kind of stuff. That's JV and I'm on the, I'm on the A team, play for the varsity. And we don't do that anymore. You might wanna check yourself. You know, or it might be, well, praise God. Praise God because by grace you stand but more than likely, God has placed you in a family, in a workplace, or otherwise, a neighborhood, a life group, where people do struggle with these things. These are common struggles. And so I want us to recognize this morning 
that Jesus is sympathetic towards these things. Are you? I'm not always. You know, pick, pick one. Uh, pick one with kids in the room. So just pick, you, you pick one. Are you sympathetic? Jesus is the sympathetic high priest. Does that mean he coddles people? Heck no. Does that mean there are no consequences for sin? No. Bible doesn't teach that. What the Bible is teaching is Jesus is sympathetic toward those places of weakness in our life. Getting down dirty, getting down into the mess of people's lives. Do you do that? And do you do and do you receive this type of treatment from Jesus towards your own life? There's one that we witnessed in Michigan, a lot of self-hatred. So someone getting stuck in one of these things and their identity becomes, I'm the person that fails at this. I'm the person that fails at these things. And so don't, you can talk to me about these areas, but over here, I have already signed on the dotted line that I am not a person that overcomes in those areas. That's okay, we've just read. We have a great high priest. He is the one that has overcome. We look to him, that is how we change, guys. We look to him and we see, okay, faithful, all authority, all power, me, not, Jesus, make me more like you. And then when I, when I look to him in my place of weakness, I look to him in my place of need, I'm honest with my community, and I say, come alongside me and help me. That's what people in our culture, and I'm meaning like American culture in general, we are a self-sufficient people, and so we resist this type of activity. Oh God, for a revelation of who you are and who you're calling us to be in communities as the people of God. You wanna attract people to your life group, to your family, whatever, be honest with them in your own weakness and need and see what happens. People throwing stones at me, which is fine. Some of you may have done this over the time. They're like, hey, you shouldn't be so honest, man, from the front. That doesn't put confidence in the people. I apologize to you um, if that has been offensive to you um, over the past, whatever, uh, years. But I'm not changing. And the reason is, is not trying to be arrogant, but trying to be honest and real. And I'm, so I'm, I'm now going to tell you why I believe that I'm an expert in this topic of uh, not throwing over your confidence. Ready? Go some, actually, you know what, let's read, let's read one more verse, one more verse. Let's do Hebrews 10, because it's actually the, as I was praying for you this week, I felt very clearly one phrase, one scripture, and it was this. I felt like God said, say this. So here it is. Don't throw away your confidence. <laughs> you know, it's, it's like, therefore, all because of all of who God is. Therefore, do not throw away your confidence because it has a great reward. There is a fruitful uh, deal to it, and part of that fruitfulness, that reward, is God himself. It's the presence of God. Wow, okay, that is enough for us. So why am I an expert at not throwing away, throwing away uh, confidence? Because I've done it so often. Uh, growing up, uh, my ears stuck out, and so they were flicked. For the first 15 years of my life, my ears were flicked. Uh, from, you know, with people just standing in line coming up. Some, sometimes they would do a jump flick, bah, just to get a little more forcefulness, you know, to get that uh, piece so, to where blood would, would run down. Uh, the, and I'm wanting you to feel sorry for me there so you can say, poor guy. Poor guy, okay. You feel, okay. So, I, so I threw away my confidence socially. I got to, uh, thankful, so I kind of tried to compensate through athletics. 
And so I fancied myself, oh, I can, I can handle myself athletically. I got to college, thought, oh, I'll play. I went to Aggieland. Any Aggies in the house? Thank you for that. <clears throat> and so I thought, I'll play baseball for the Texas Aggies. You know, so I came up and I said, put me in, coach. Uh, and they said, get off our field. <laughs> so I threw away my confidence athletically. Um, I struggled relationally to make deep friendships in college, so I threw away my confidence uh, relationally. You see, we're going on a downward uh, trajectory. I'm gonna pick us up. I gotta go one more. My uh, wonderful and beautiful uh, wife at that time was my girlfriend, and you know how the Bible, I'm gonna throw her under the bus for a moment. The Bible says we shouldn't make vows or oaths. You know that says that? <laughs> my girlfriend made a vow and an oath, and she's, she's worked it through. <clears throat> her vow and her oath was this. She vowed and made an oath before God that she would not be one of those college girls whose high school boyfriends followed her around. That was me. And so this was before the days of text messaging. That was a time. And so we couldn't really stay connected. And so she said, and she, you can, she can either dismiss this or agree when she comes up. She said, um, stay in your place. Stay in your place down there. She went to, she went to Baylor. That was her choice. And she, she, she chose, she chose to say, we'll, we'll talk on Wednesdays and Sundays and nothing in between, stay in your place. <laughs> so romantically, I threw away my confidence. Are you following me? Pretty much every area of a young man's identity where, where a young man can turn for comfort, solace, something healthy and good, was gone. <laughs> I had thrown away my confidence in every area of my life. So if you have done this, I, I, can, I can feel you and I get you in these different areas. Thankfully, in those times, um, what happened was that in my place of great need, like Hebrews 4 said, I had some people investing through discipleship in my life, and they're like, read the word. And I was like, anything else? They're like, read the word. I was like, okie dokie, I have no friends to hang out with, so on the weekend, I'd go to Barnes & Noble because it had good lighting, I would sprawl out uh, in the back. Uh, this is embarrassing, but I would, I would read the word. Meditate on the word and memorize the word because I had nothing else to do. <laughs> and my life began to change. Purely off of reading the word and the ministry of the Holy Spirit, and that, that's a church phrase, so all I'm meaning, is that God by his spirit started doing stuff in my life. So the things that were not true, that I had convinced myself were true about myself, he began to challenge those presuppositions. And so my mind began to be transformed and I did a lot of repenting. The word for repentance, if you've heard that word, it's just changing your mind. It's metanoia, it's a, it's a change of mind, but it also leads to a lifestyle change. And so I found myself at the back of that Barnes and Noble, you know, I'd, I'd read the word, which is just, I'm just meaning the Bible. I'd read the Bible, and then I would close the Bible. I would put my head on the floor. I'm sure Barnes and Noble employees were like, psycho guy, <laughs> back deal, not harming anyone else. It's strange. And I'd put my, you think this, yeah, I'm joking. I would put my head on the floor and be like, gotta repent. This is true. I'm gonna let every man be a liar and I have believed lies. Oh God, change me. And that was, that was basically my freshman year of college um, in a nutshell. It's, um, it's true. And it, it, began, it began process, it began a process of changing my life where I didn't completely quit throwing away my confidence but I, I began, it, began to, uh, it began to shift. 
And I'm so, I'm so grateful uh, to God for uh, that. I'm gonna invite Christy to come up from uh, that place. We moved to Dallas and we got involved with this church. We served through life groups and uh, otherwise. Uh, we were invited onto the leadership team and uh, eventually God put um, uh, Detroit, the area of Detroit, uh, on our heart. And Chrissy, uh, when I shared that with her, she was just very gung-ho uh, to pack our bags and to head out the door. And so I'm gonna hand it over to her right there. Please welcome my wife. That's, that's, tr that's, that's how it went? That, that's no, how it went? No, no, no. Oh. When Jordan first said that he wanted to, he felt like God kept on putting on his heart Michigan and Detroit, I was like, oh, that's nice. And kind of just like, no way in heck would I ever move there. And then we took a trip with this church with maybe some of you. And I had, I think, a little ba baby and two other kids. And we went in April in inner city Detroit. And I was like, oh, heck no, we are never moving there. Like, I was like, I will just keep on praying. And no way that that just is waiting on God, waiting on God. Yeah. And I was like, this definitely confirmed we are not moving to Michigan. Um, and so Jordan being the wise man that he is just oh, kept wise. on praying. And I think he was like, Lord, speak to her. He must, I'm assuming this is what his prayer life was like. And so probably like a year and a half later, I'm on a run and I feel, I just sense God saying, I'm inviting you to move to Michigan. He said, I'm not, the, the way I heard it clearly from the Lord was like, this, I'm not like, it's not sin. This is an invitation for you to move to Michigan. He said, I, I've been calling your husband to this, and I'm inviting you to be a part of this. He said, if you do it, he was like, I, I felt like the Lord was like, it's going to be catalytic for the church here to see that you can uproot a family of six and move across the country and see that there's fruit in it. And I, and I felt like the Lord said, there's going to be greater fruit in your life if you would take this invitation and move to Detroit, Michigan and start, uh, and start this church. And so I was like, okay. I was like, I want my life to be fruitful. I want to the decisions that we make to be catalytic for other people. And so, Lord, as scary as it is, I had all my siblings and all these young cousins that were together that we, like, it was very, very costly. And at the time that we said yes, I thought we were moving to Detroit, Michigan, which we actually ended up in Ann Arbor, which is actually a way better place to live. But Anyway, that's, that was my story. What, do you want me to? Just maybe an exhortation to, hey, if you get an invitation from the Lord. Oh, go for it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my encouragement to you is that I love the invitation of God, right? Because it's like we, I think that the, the, the what I learned from that is that the, we can play it safe, but playing it safe doesn't really change that much, right? Like as we choose to accept the invitation to what God's calling, and it's 
Rarely is it going to be to move somewhere. I mean, some, for some of you, that might be what it is. But maybe it's to reach out to this coworker, or it's to take this new job or do this new business venture. But accepting that invitation that God is calling where you need God. Like, that's the thing. Playing it safe, you don't really need God. But us moving to Michigan with five little kids and raising a team and doing something where we literally knew no one, I needed God. And I had the biggest revelation that God gave me like in that process was that there is the empowering grace to do what God has called you to do. And so I found that. I was like, God, this is, I remember our first April, it was like a year, a couple years after we were there and it was Easter and it was cold. We had snow. I mean, it was the polar vortex. And I had five kids, six and under, and I'm learning how to drive in the snow. And the snow does not end. Like, literally, it's in April, and there's still, like, snow everywhere. And I was like, I can't do this. And God was like, I am empowering you. It doesn't mean it's easy, but I am giving you your grace to walk out in what I've called you to do. And so just know with the things that God's called us to do, there's empowering grace to walk it out. And so again, don't use, lose your confidence, but allow God to strengthen you with his empowering grace to do what he's called you to do. And then you'll look back and see, okay, God was faithful then. That gives me encouragement and strength to make it, to do the next thing. And you're going to see the fruit that God has in your life from that. So that's it. Great word. Thank you for that. Christy goes back, I remember Kenton and Jason, myself and others, if you ever want a good laugh, if you ever want a good laugh, which I'm always up for a good laugh, um, you want to go to Facebook and you want to put in something about a, a, a dance, a hip-hop dance, put like Antioch Dallas hip-hop dance, uh, you'll, have, you'll have a great time looking at that, just take my word for it. Um, Okay, we're gonna bring up a chart, as Christy touched there on uh, calling, this backside uh, of the message, I'm just gonna tell some stories about these three areas where we witness people throw away their confidence, identity, calling, and assignment. Let me explain briefly uh, each one. So our identity is who you are, and if you're in Christ Jesus, it's not going uh, to, uh, to change. If you're not in Christ, just meaning you don't follow uh, Jesus, uh, that's, that's okay. I would invite you to consider what your life would be like from an identity standpoint if you, uh, if you did. Talk to someone um, about that. So identity, your calling, uh, what you were designed to do uh, best. Uh, let me put an asterisk qualifier there uh, pastorally. That doesn't mean you always get to do what you like to do best. Actually, what we have found now over 15 years of pastoring is that it's the people that serve in the things that they don't like doing that actually develop character for the thing that God does call them to do. Just a thought. Okay, good. Let's go to the next one. Assignment. It's where you live out your calling. So, so all three of these are related. There's a differentiation between calling and assignment. By the way, this is not our material. We, this was taught to us a couple of years ago by the guy that started Catalyst, so you can just Google him. He's got a lot of other great stuff. Your identity, again, if you're in Christ, Jesus does not change. Your calling can change somewhat, which gives, I, I like that. And your assignment, we have found experientially, actually will change possibly many, uh, many times. And you've got, so you've got the drive, 
the direction, and the destination. So that is my rubric for the three Michigan stories I'm now going to tell you. So let's get into it. Don't throw away your confidence, number one, identity. So we had a friend, I'm gonna read to you, let's just go ahead and do that. Uh, Two months ago when we were leaving Michigan, uh, this friend gave us this uh, letter. I'm just gonna read parts of it to you, and I wanna champion you know, the, hero, hero, heroes, the heroes uh, of these stories uh, are these individuals uh, and those in their lives uh, and their different uh, life groups. We'll, we'll, go, we'll go to that picture in just a moment, um, although she is one of those uh, persons. How about that? So um, this person says this. When I came to Ann Arbor in 2014, so we moved there in 2013, so we knew that we've known this person for most of our Michigan time, I knew no one. I was a fledgling in hearing the Lord's voice and I was only about 15 months sober from suicidal thoughts and severe depression. When I moved to Ann Arbor, I wondered if, that would, if those things would come back as I had no uh, support in her Antioch. I am moved as I think about my first days at Antioch, attending the little five-person young adult life group, pause, what she's meaning is it was kind of small and it was weak. But you know what, it was real we have a tendency to despise the day of small beginnings. We have a tendency when it's not self-serving to be like, I'm gonna move on to greener pastures. I'm, I, I'm glad that that little five-person life group did not do that in her life. It was a thing that I looked forward to most in my life, speaking of that life group. I looked forward to it more than the weekend. That little life group provided me with so much fertile ground so much acceptance and bold insight. I was not part of this group. I'm just moved by the faithfulness of those that were in that group. And bold insight into who I was. There's the identity piece. What she was missing was the identity piece. She had thrown away her confidence. When you have suicidal thoughts, you've thrown away your confidence. You might be there this morning. Grace to you if you're in that place to be strengthened by this story of life change. For a while, I thought that perhaps God moved me to Ann Arbor solely for the healing I would experience through the church. Just a little more. I also um, have, uh, grew in the confident desire to have children. That was something she never uh, saw. Let me go to the very bottom. In summary, the fact that I'm planning to have children is in large part due to the influence of this church. Um, the church, uh, through the church, I have fought depression. Just listen to this. Through the church, this is the opportunity that we have in people's lives. I've fought depression, I've gotten married, healed my body, increased my hope, and planned to have a family of my own. This person had thrown away their confidence through a little bitty weak, small life group that, that was faithful to Jesus. This person experienced life change. Like, oh, they are now a disciple maker in their community a business owner, uh, an influence in the community, worship leader uh, in the Ann Arbor uh, Church, and multiplying their life in fruitful ways. You never know one shift in a person's confidence in God, what it would do, not only in their life, but in the life of others. What is the exhortation? Stay faithful to those that are in your life, even, even when it's challenging, I know, I mean, Chris and I could tell you many, many stories. Like, wow, it's very challenging many, many times walking with people. But when we look at Jesus, the sympathetic high priest, it calls us back to that place of, oh, I'm gonna commit again. I've, give, I've given up. I, I have to do this seasonally. I'm like, man, I kind of gave up. 
on me or on this person, but because of who Jesus is, I can sign up again. So there's one, identity. Number two, calling uh, is a, another uh, brother, and he came, I think, that next year into the uh, church. I remember having a meeting with him, and what was his backstory that he shared? He shared, um, I have no confidence in God. Um, I actually don't, uh, I've, I've moved, moved away, moved away from God. Um, and his uh, business, he had business failure, deep business debt, insurmountable. Um, he was coping with that through substances uh, that he was addicted to, and then the fruit that it was bearing was for death in his relationships and in his life. We ended that time of just listening, short prayer, and he's, he's weeping, and I'm like, okay. <laughs> Standard pastor prayer, sorry, but that, you know, it's kind of like, oh, end of the meeting, kind of got to move on. Um, not, nothing, nothing real, you know, the, we didn't bring out the heavy artillery, and I was like, shouldn't, I don't, like, what's, con what's connecting? He, and he was just like, thank you for listening. He, uh, he would be compelled uh, by his uh, girlfriend uh, to do the discipleship school, uh, which by his own admission, he wasn't a great student. <laughs> um, and so there were some challenges along the way there, but what clicked in his life at the end was he made it to our, uh, our overseas trip, and in South Africa, he bloomed. What happened? Here's what I think happened. All of that brokenness, all that place of I don't, you know, no, no confidence in God, no uh, confidence to enter into calling, et cetera, his, it, all that brokenness intersected a place of calling. I believe that this brother has a calling as an evangelist or uh, one that is a, a herald or a, a sharer of good news to those that are far from God. And on that trip, I think for the first time in a, with, a, with focus and with several days, he bloomed. All his issues did not dissipate, but he bloomed. And that, that intersection of discovering calling clicked something in his life. Uh, from that point, he, be, he, he had a desire to become a husband and a father, but he didn't have the confidence, are you following me? Because he stopped throwing away his confidence, encountered Jesus in a place of calling. When he, so this happened two months ago, he came up to me with uh, two babies uh, in his uh, arms, and he just was filled with gratitude. By the way, these are your testimonies. Your, this, your, Antioch Dallas sent us out. These are all your testimonies. Y'all prayed for us. Y'all financially gave to us. Y'all supported. Y'all sent trips. These are your testimonies. So just think, okay, this guy came up to you. <laughs> and uh, he had these two kids. And he said, hey, I just wanna say thank you for starting this uh, church and for the church reaching out um, to me. Um, I wouldn't be a dad, which I love being a dad now with these four children. Um, I'm, I wouldn't be uh, married, and I just wanna bring a good report that that business debt that I shared with you uh, originally, I just paid it um, off. I, I am free, and I'm now free to pursue the calling on my wife and I. If we can pull up that uh, marriage vision statement, this is a, we encourage singles and marrieds to develop vision statements, particularly related to calling, because we often get deceived or we just forget what God has called us to do. So this is his, remember this is a guy, this is a guy addicted, okay? This is a guy in darkness with no confidence in God. And I was at his wedding, sitting in the back, and he, with boldness in his heart, shared this. He said this, we are a couple, just let, oh, sink your teeth, we are a couple who will change generations, okay? Substances, I'm addi addicted, darkness, no confidence in uh, God. I'm going in, in this direction, I'm just crushed by debt. Two, we're a couple who will change generations and nations 
by praying for and healing those in lost places. Are you hearing his calling as an evangelist coming out in that? And they now, through the church, through the ministry of Jesus, through his people, over a period of many years, okay, this didn't happen overnight, are at a place of freedom to pursue that calling. If that friend was here today, I believe what he would say to you is don't throw away your confidence. Don't throw away your confidence. I think he would also say, why not take time in the next, I would advocate for the next 48 hours to write down a vision statement for your life. So number two, don't throw away your confidence related to your calling. Last one, assignment. Don't throw away your confidence related to your assignment. The hero of this story is a friend that actually came from Antioch, Dallas, and her name is Jess. Let me tell you a little bit about Jess. Um, so that's, if, we, if you wanna bring up that next picture, uh, Jess is the one in the pink shirt. <clears throat> Jess is a part of this church. Um, Jess's story, she was adopted from Brazil. And so her, um, her part of her identity, she did, she's done a lot of identity work around being loved by the Father. And man, just to commend her, she has a solid identity in the person of Jesus. She, uh, she came to us, she, had, she wanted to live with a, a large family, and I remember she came, and very quiet, uh, we didn't know her, and, she, and I said, well, hey, you know, our family's really loud, you know, it's, uh, you know, all, all this stuff going on. I said, is that really what you, I mean, it's like, you're kind of quiet, is that really what you want to sign up for? And she said, oh yeah, you know, I, I grew up with, with eight children, actually. And so I was like, of course you did, it's great. So she comes into our family, and without asking, she starts changing diapers, cleaning the kitchen, uh, cleaning up, meaning, Christy and I say this is true, we felt like we were living with Jesus. Someone that was self-sacrificially serving. If you wanna discover calling and assignment, got a great way, self-sacrificial service. <laughs> Take on, like Jesus, the nature of a servant. And I've seen that open doors in Jess's life over many, many years. She, uh, you know, she decided to join uh, the team. She sensed a calling for the same uh, region in Michigan. And when we got, uh, when we were divvying out role assignments, uh, you know, youth pastor was already taken, which was one of our great needs. Uh, and one of your own members uh, here, Jason and Alex Sudan, just give it up for them. Uh, signed up there for, for youth pastors. And it's, it's a joke because when you plan a, a church with, when your kids are, are young, there's no youth. It's funny. So that was already taken, so Jess couldn't move into that one. So she took the role that no one else wanted, which was team admin. And she served self-sacrificially uh, for a season. That was her assignment. Then we began to have young adults in our church and we needed someone to oversee that. So she said, I'll do it. She's working full time. Lots of responsibilities. Per I'll do it. You see, you see this self-sacrificial servanthood theme and thread of saying yes to Jesus in out of the way things, out of the spotlight for very little reward but great cost. <laughs> I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. You need someone, I'll, I'll do it. So then we wanted, we, we'd been going into uh, Detroit, praying for Detroit, but we wanted to have someone living in Detroit. And so she was like, I'll do it. Single woman, moved into Detroit, Detroit, right? Like actual Detroit. And um, she's like, I wanna, I wanna do a discipleship house. She had been so transformed by Jesus. She said, I wanna, I wanna give it a shot. I wanna, I wanna bring young women into my house I wanna love them, and I wanna, I wanna go through identity. And I, if, if I had time, I could take you through some serious stories of significant identity transformation into the heart 
in the hearts of these friends because someone self-sacrificially said, I'll do it. I'll take that as my assignment for this season. And then you know, she had a desire to be married. I'm pretty sure Jawan and Jessica were, uh, were with you. So along the way, God intersected her path with our dear friend, Jawan. They are now married. They have two children. They're living in that same house and they're pursuing their next assignment that God has for them. If Jess was here today, I think her very clear exhortation would be don't throw away your confidence even if your assignment right now isn't the ultimate thing that you desire. She ultimately was trying to to land in Detroit, but to get there, she served a little family in out of the way ways, in sacrificial and costly ways. She was a team administrator that no one else wanted to be. She took on the young adults. She went into challenging part of Detroit, and, it, and I've, we've, Christy and I have seen costliness along the way, but also what that passage says, do not throw away your confidence, for it has a great reward. Identity, calling, and assignment, um, that's how we're going to close this morning. So if the band uh, can come, I want you to stay uh, seated this morning. Uh, we're gonna have a uh, one song response I actually want you to, I'm I'm looking for two categories of persons to stand. Um, I wanna say a brief prayer and then I'm gonna invite uh, prayer and prophetic team, staff and overseers to come. Uh, uh, You you can actually be coming up as well. I want you to stand this morning if you've thrown away your confidence in God and to try to cover you. Also, uh, if you uh, have um, lost confidence in your calling or your assignment. Thrown away confidence in general, or lost confidence in your calling or assignment, I want to actually uh, boldly ask, ask you to boldly stand this morning. It's an act of humility. I'm not trying to nail you. In fact, I'm just gonna close my eyes uh, and I'm gonna pray for you and then the band is going to lead us uh, as we close. God, I, I bless my brothers and sisters this morning in the ways that you have uh, transformed my own life. I want to impart grace and peace. Would you touch Uh, different lives right now? Would you begin to give creative ideas and thoughts? Would you bring great restoration, Jesus? We've just read your word. You're the merciful and faithful high priest. Our confidence is rooted in you. We can come with confidence to the throne of grace to find grace and to receive mercy in time of need. We're just repeating your word back to you based on who you have said you are and we believe it to be true. And would you apply your faithfulness and your goodness in these two areas to my friends' lives this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. I ask everyone now to stand. If you have any need, anything that uh, connected with you um, as we put those different bullet points up this morning, I invite you to come and just receive prayer.